So today we're going to be talking about honor and communication. Um, so just to tell you a little bit about myself, um, first of all, I'm not an expert at this. Um, we all have days where we get it a lot right, and we all have days where we get it a lot wrong, right? But the point is to keep trying and to keep moving forward. Um, so if you're like, oh, this can be great. She's probably like a pro at this. That's why they asked her to do it. I'm not sure why they asked me to do it because I'm not. But um, we, will, we will talk through these things. Um, we're going to talk about honor first. Then we'll take a little kind of break and have you get in groups and ask some questions. And then we'll move on to communication and then do the same thing. Because I don't want you to feel like I'm just throwing you information and then we all know how that goes when you come to stuff like this. It, then it goes like in a drawer somewhere, and then six months from now, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember something was said about this, right? It happens because we get busy. Um, so I just want to make sure that we have some time to actually talk through some things. Um, so my name is Kim. I am a kids pastor in Wadsworth, Ohio at Radiant Life Church, and um, I am married to a fantastic man named Matt. And I've got three kids. Oh, man, they, like, FaceTimed them back there. Hey, babe. Everybody say hi, Matt. <laughs> um, I've got three kids, Annalise, Alexander, and Aubriella. Um, and they are awesome and wonderful. If you don't have kids, maybe someday you will. If not, find some kids that aren't yours and make them yours, not in a weird way. They don't mean, like, kidnap them, but just love on them, right? Like, there's a good way to do that. Um, but my pastors are back there. Their names are Lance and Angel Perubsky. And part of honor is knowing that where you come from helps shape who you are, right? And we have been in Wadsworth now for almost seven years, which is crazy. Um, and they are a huge part of why I am up here today. So if you could give them a round of applause too, because they are absolutely awesome. And I appreciate them. So Let's talk about honor first, right? So everyone say this with me. It's not about me. Ready? It's not about me. All right, class is over. Thanks for coming. Um, not really, but, but really, that is the biggest thing you need to take away from today. This is not about you. It's really, really not. And if we can get that and make it serious and put it in our hearts it changes our thinking and our actions and the way that we lead. Jesus chose honor in every situation, right? He chose to listen to his father. I am sure that as he was, yes, very willing to come die for us, obviously it was not on his, like, this is the most exciting thing I'll ever get to do list. But he listened, and he listened to his father all throughout the ministry that we see in the Bible. But what I love is not only did he just listen and do what God told him to do, but he always pointed back to God, right? When people would tell him, oh, you're amazing, wonderful. No, my father is amazing and wonderful. He always chose to honor his father over taking any credit for himself or honoring himself in a situation. He listened to his mom. He didn't really want to turn water into wine, but he did it because she asked him to. He gave honor to the government, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's. He honored his disciples, right, by continuing to teach them and having lots of patience when he really probably could have been like, I'm done with you guys, okay? I'll go find other people uh, that get it. Um, but he chose honor. He chose honor with the people that he was ministering to. And so when we honor Jesus first, 
and we keep him that, that forefront, it also helps remind us that, guys, we are not people's savior. The students in your ministries, whether you're kids or youth, or maybe you're in here and you work with adults, whoever it is, you are not their savior. Jesus is their savior. You can point back to him always, and obviously they're going to follow your lead and example, but you cannot save them. Only he can save them. So just keeping Jesus in the front, right? So we are going to start with honor your lead and staff. Honor your lead and staff. So your mission in whatever capacity you're in here today, whether you are a pastor on a staff, you're a volunteer in a ministry, whatever it may be, your mission is to serve your lead. And those of you that are on staff, it's to also serve your staff, right? So your mission is to serve your lead. We're going to start there. Encourage them. They need that, right? But be specific. When you're saying like, hey, great job on that, be specific. Why? Be their biggest cheerleader. You did an amazing job this morning when you were teaching when you said this. That was really, really good. I could tell that kids were connecting with that. Or, you know, whether it's a, your lead pastor, hey, when you, when you were leading the meeting and you did this, thank you so much. That really spoke to me. Be specific. It lets them know that you're not just saying it to say it, right? Because let's be honest, we've all said it to say it. Yes, right? We've all heard it from other people just because. But when we say something specific, it lets them know we're in tune with what's happening, that we're listening, that, that we actually kind of mean what we're saying. We're not just saying to say it, right? So be specific. And understand that your lead sees the bigger picture. They see the bigger picture. They see things that you do not see. So trust their judgment. They were put where they are for a reason, regardless of what we may think or feel in a moment of humanness, right? They were put there for a reason. So trust their judgment. Serving someone else's vision, it can cause tension, right? Because there's times where you're given the reins, hey, lead this, and there's times where the reins are taken away. There's times where it's like, hey, hey, let's be creative and work together, and there's times where there's boundaries. And it can be hard because there's kind of this back and forth, this tug and pull, this like, ah, okay, we're going, 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 and then, oh, just kidding, I got to take a step back. And sometimes that can be hard and it can cause tension. But if we can get out of the way, we have the opportunity to be part of something much bigger than ourselves. If we can get out of the way, we have, we have the opportunity to be part of something much bigger than ourselves, right? So I saw this um, statement that we are building the kingdom, not castles. When we choose to work for ourselves, when we choose to focus on just us, when we choose to say, oh, you know what, I'm going to do this over here because this works within, within my vision of what I want to see happen, and we start building this castle around ourselves, and it might look really good, right? It might be like a super awesome castle. But if it's not part of the kingdom, it's pointless. It's pointless. So we need to understand that we are building the kingdom. And by building the kingdom, we have got to follow the vision of our lead. 
we have to put the vision of our lead into practice. We have to, to understand that in honoring our lead, that means we're helping build the kingdom that God has placed in their vision. And beyond that, that God is just placed for all of us, right? It's not about Radiant Life Church in Wadsworth. It's about every church that's represented here. It's about every church that's not represented here. It's about every church in your community that's not Assembly of God. Friends, we're not it. We're not like, oh, I mean, Assembly of God, you know, and then, and then everybody else is down here. That is not the kingdom. To be kingdom-minded is to be Jesus first. That's it, Jesus first. So your mission is to serve your lead. Second, work with your staff, however that looks for you. Again, I know some of you are in here, you're pastors on staff, so you're working with other staff members, right? Some of you, you're volunteers in ministry, you're still working with other volunteers, correct? So however that plays out for you, okay? You're there as a team to fulfill that mission. Again, it goes back to, we're going we're gonna to reference this a few times today. You're not building your own castle, you're building the kingdom. So you're working together. I don't really care, I know that sounds harsh, if you don't like who you're working with, they're there. They're on staff with you. They are a volunteer with you. Figure it out. Be the adult. If you need to have conversations, if healing needs to happen, if you need to pull in, you know, someone in authority to help out with that, do whatever it takes to be able to honor the people you're serving with. Honor the people that you're serving with. Jesus could have talked a lot about people that he served with, but he didn't. He built them up. He encouraged them. He loved on them. He was patient with them. Yes, were there times where hard conversations needed to happen? Absolutely, because that needs to happen, right? There are times where you with maybe experience are going to be able to help someone who doesn't have any. But you know what? There are times when somebody with no experience has the most amazing idea ever, and if you constantly close them off and do not honor them and do not honor their position, you're never going to hear it. You're never going to be able to move past what your castle is to be part of that kingdom. So work together. Encourage one another to keep going, right? We all have times where we get a little down, where we feel a little bit maybe frustrated with, with where things are going. We're not fully, we're trying to be in, but it's like that, that struggle each day, like, ah, I'm going to do it. It's just really hard. Encourage one another, one another. Know each other well enough to do that, right, to be that person. And please do not be toxic, Please do not be toxic, not towards your lead, not towards each other. If you, whether it's a group of volunteers, whether it's staff, are talking about each other or about your lead, that's being toxic. It doesn't matter how justified you may feel in that. If you need to talk through something, find a different place to do so. Go see a counselor. Go talk to another pastor from another church. Again, not to be like, listen, do you know what they did? Not like that. I need help. I need to be able to process this so that I can go to them if that needs to happen. Because I need there to be healing. Because I don't want to be that. I don't want to be the toxic person in the room. So do whatever it takes to move past that. So first was your mission, serve your lead. Second, work together with your staff. 
Third, sharpen your leadership saw. Guys, this is, I'm not smart. This is not going to be from me. Okay, this is from a thing called Leading Second. It is a really awesome ministry tool, we'll say. Um, There's a book. There's videos. We're doing it as a staff um, without our lead pastors in the room, which has been really good. Not because they're not there, but because they've already seen the fruit of it. Um, Being able to come in and talk about how to do this really well to honor and serve your lead pastors. So if that's something that you feel like you want to take back, it's called Leading Second. It's really, really good. Um, But this comes from that. So sharpen your leadership, Saul. The S is skills. Leadership is specific, so focus on something specific, right? We are not called to do every single part of the ministry. It's It's not what God has for us. And I'm sure there's been lots of times where you feel like you've got a lot of things on your plate, right? But the goal is to be able to take the lot of things on that plate and start here. You take care of that and you take care of that, right? So that we're not doing it all. We can't be great, all of us, at the exact same thing. Otherwise, we're not much of a team. We're like a really good arm, but we're missing our legs and we're not going to stand very well without them, right? So we can't all be great at the same thing. So find people who can be great at what you're not great at. And celebrate them for it. Don't be jealous of it. Don't feel like they're taking something from you, right? So um, we have a really, really awesome service twice a year at our church called, we call it the Engage Party. And we do child dedications. We introduce new members. We do baptisms. We hand out our core leadership awards. Like, it is just really fun and really, really awesome. So um, I was in the choir on that Sunday because we pull all of our elementary kids in and they sit in there with us. They can be a part of it. So I was in the choir. We're up there practicing. And I see one of our girls' ministry volunteers coming in, and she's got bouquets of flowers for girls that are getting baptized that morning. And at fir- I'm going to be honest with you. At first I was like, oh, she's gonna, like, they're going to love her so much for that. Why didn't I think of something like that? And then I thought, no, no. That is not how this should look. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you that you thought of something that I didn't think of. Well done. And so I made sure to message her later, like, thank you so much for doing that, for loving these girls so much, right? I can't think of everything. Let somebody else do it and then show your appreciation for it, right? All right, the A in salt is attitude. Leadership attitude affects leadership capacity. (sighs) And then we all remember the times, right, where we didn't have very good attitude. And then we think about those times, and we're like, ah, that's why my leadership capacity was struggling in that moment, right? Because our attitude affects our leadership capacity. If your attitude stinks, it's going to be noticed, and your leadership capacity is going to start shrinking. But when your attitude is, you know what, I'm all in, let's do this thing. You might have some clarifying questions that need to be asked. Sure, that's fine. But when your attitude is, I support you, I'm behind you, how can I serve you, let's make this thing happen, your leadership capacity is going to go through the roof. So make sure that your attitude is in the right place. People will follow more of who you are than what you say. So if you tell people, hey, Like, our pre-service meeting on Sunday starts at 820. 
If I arrive at 820, guess who from now on is going to arrive like at 825? Everyone else. Because if I don't make it a priority to be a little bit early so I can be like set and ready to go when they're coming in the room, hey, good morning, thanks for being here. They're going to follow more of who you are than what you say. I had a boss a long time ago in ministry but not church ministry who said, listen, just do what I say, not what I do. And do you know how much respect I lost for that person? That is not how we lead. That is not how we lead. So make sure that who you are is something to follow. The W in Saul is wisdom. You will not grow in isolation. You will not grow in isolation. We need others and we need God to help us. So ask God to give you wisdom beyond your years and beyond your experience. That is a promise we have from his word that when we ask for wisdom with the right heart, right, that it will be given to us. Ask for it. Every day ask for it. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom in knowing how to deal with certain situations. Give me wisdom in knowing how to be the best volunteer or staff member that I can be. Give me wisdom. And when you're struggling in an area, find somebody who knows what they're doing. It's okay to ask for help. Guys, listen, I do not have it all together. And I promise you, neither do you. (laughs) Because we're human. Like, I'm sorry. If you came in here and you thought, listen, I should probably be up there teaching the class. You probably should be. But also, you do not have it all together. You really don't. Ask people for help. Ask people who have been through certain situations. I just had a conversation. So, uh, we have a church in Akron as well, and we are starting a dinner church, and, and we also, down the road, are hoping to also plant in that same area a more traditional-looking church. I grew up in a very small country town, <laughs> um, and ministry for us has, has pretty much been somewhat of the same, whether rural or suburbia. I have no idea what I'm doing, and it's okay to ask for help. So I had a conversation with someone yesterday who, who lives inner city ministry to the heart of it, right? Like, I need your help knowing how to do this thing because I know that the expectations are going to be different. I know how my volunteers deal with stuff is going to be different. I know that the students we're ministering to, while, yes, kids, and kids just want to be kids and they just want to be loved. Like, I get that part, like, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. That's just kind of like a normal thing for kids. But it's going to look and feel different. I need your help. So he just start. I mean, he like just starts spouting off all kinds of stuff. And he's like, listen, as you get into this thing, you call me anytime. Call me anytime because I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't have to act like I know what I'm doing. Just ask for help. If you need help, ask for help. Matthew 10, 39 says, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Guys, we are not doing this for us. We are doing this for him. Just remember that. And when you're feeling frustrated or when you're feeling like you're not seen or you're not valued, just remember, it's not about me. This is not about me. This is for him. This is about me serving others in whatever capacity that looks like. All right, so we've talked about how to honor your lead and staff. Now we're going to talk about how to honor your volunteers because they are a big part of what we do. And if you're a volunteer in the room, Take some notes and hand it to your lead. Be like, I just wanted you to know 
This isn't for me. She told me to do it, so I'm just doing what she said to do, okay? Honor your volunteers. So first, celebrate them. Look for what they're doing right and then tell them about it, right? Don't just see what they're doing right and be like, oh, it was really good. And li- listen, I don't, my brain doesn't work like half the time. I forget to do stuff all the time. So I'm like constantly, if you, probably not right now because I've, I worked through a bunch of them. But if you look at my phone any given the day, I'll have like, alarms, because reminders do not work for me. I'm like, you can pop up on my phone and disappear. It didn't help. Like, but an alarm that goes off and then I snooze it. My, listen, I sit next to two other people in my office. Our youth pastors on this side, our campus pastors on this side, they probably hate my phone because I'll snooze it and I'll keep snoozing it because I'm like, I can't deal with you right now, but I can't forget to do it. So I'm just going to keep snoozing it and it goes off, snooze, goes off, snooze. And I just keep doing it until I have the time to deal with it because I don't want to forget I don't want to forget to tell that person, hey, great job. You did so good. I saw you on Sunday sitting with that kid, working out with them, whatever it may be. Um, we've, got, we've got this wonderful, sweet, beautiful, special needs girl, and she's awesome. But she's, it's a lot, right? And my volunteer, the one Sunday, I didn't even know about it. Our uh, lead pastor, Pastor Angel, she, she came and she told me, she was like, oh, like, we need to send her a Starbucks gift card or something because it was a lot on Sunday. And so even just that, like, pay attention to what's around you. You don't have to be the lead in the room to tell the other people you're working with that they're doing a really good job. How many of you love hearing, hey, well done. I saw you doing that, and it was really great. Am I the only one, right? Like, everyone's raising their hand. You might, and they'll be like, oh, thanks, and it, like, gets awkward because you don't know what to say, and, like, I don't know if you grew up like me where people are like, oh, it was all Jesus, it's not me, it's him, which is great, but I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to say, but then you feel bad ever saying just, like, thank you because you feel like you're taking credit that, so just say thank you. It's okay. We know it's God working through you, okay, but honor the people around you. Honor your volunteers. Celebrate them. Also, encourage them. Encourage them. And I know that kind of, you're probably like, that kind of sounds like the same thing. Here's the difference. I talked about it a little bit. When somebody walks into the room, know them well enough to know if they're struggling. Like, oh, normally they're kind of like upbeat and bubbly, and today, yeah, they're just really not. Or maybe like, oh, yeah, they're pretty like even, so like this is my husband, all the time. I am all over the place, right? But even my husband, even though he's like this, you can tell when things aren't right. You can tell when he's struggling, when he's feeling down, when he's feeling like maybe something happened during the week or maybe um, he's just not feeling like he's capable. Lift them up. Encourage them. Be able to notice that and see that in the people that you serve with. Again, this is not just top-down This is sideways, right? So it doesn't matter what role you fill. If you see the people that you normally work with and there's something off, have a conversation. You don't need to point out, like, wow, you really, like, how many of you, you really seem off today. Is everything all right? Like, and they say it in a way that you're like, I didn't think that anything was off, but now I'm starting to wonder if something is, right? Or they, like, walk up like, wow, you look really tired. I slept really good last night. I guess I didn't do my makeup right. I don't know. Like, so just be careful with how you say it, yes, but say it. Say something. Don't walk away from it because you're 
worried about how it might come across, say something. Encourage them. Lift them up. Hey, you can do this. You need extra help today. I'm here. Let's link arms and do this thing together. Because we're not alone. Because we're not building castles. We're building kingdoms. Right? Third, lead them and let them lead. That's, that part's not on there because I added that after I made this. Right? Lead them and let them lead. So lead them by example. Lead them by example. Remember, it's that whole who you are, just not what you say. Right? So lead them by example. If you're asking the people in your room to, to do a certain thing, guess what? You should be doing that certain thing. Probably you should be doing it a few weeks before you even ask them to do it so that they already like are, oh, yeah, I have noticed that you do that. Okay? So that's just a little helper there. Okay? Um, but make sure that you're doing what you're asking them to do. And don't shy away from stepping up to the plate. God put you in the position that you're in for a reason. You're there for a reason. Help lead the volunteers around you. But also let them lead. So the worst thing to do is to have somebody join, whether it's another volunteer, somebody on staff, whatever it may be, and just continue to lead them but never let them step up to the plate and have an opportunity to lead something. Guys, it doesn't have to be big. It can be something like, hey, can you lead this small group? Hey, can you lead? You know, so we just started a, we call it kids crew. So our third, fourth, and fifth graders are volunteers. It is not hard to lead third, fourth, and fifth graders in like, hey, we're going to take attendance together. You're going to take attendance, and I'm going to watch you take attendance, and I'll be here to help you if something goes wrong, right? Like, let them lead, because without that, you're going to start to lose them, right? You don't want to be the person in the room that just shows up, and you're just kind of standing around like, I have nothing to do. I hate it. I hate going to stuff. Like, we had our, a women's dinner, and other people were running it, and they're like, no, just come and enjoy. I hate that, because it, it's hard for me as a leader to not want to do something, right? Just remember that. You, the people in your room want to do something. Otherwise, they wouldn't have signed up to do something. So let them lead. Let them have a part of it. All right, so we've talked about honor your lead and staff, honor your volunteers. Let's talk about how to honor your parents. Yes, honor your parents, but I'm talking about the parents in your ministry. Honor your parents. Give credit where credit is due. Guys, these kids are not your kids unless they're, like, I have kids in my ministry that are my kids. It makes it way harder to do ministry. But honor your parents. These kids are not your kids. While you have a part in helping shape them and mold them, the parents are the reason that they are the way they are. And some of you are going, oh, I know. It's a problem. <laughs> I get that, okay? But at the same time, they're still good there, Right? They're still bringing them to church. They're still doing what they need to do. So, so tell the parents that. Every parent in the world loves hearing, like, the good things about their children. They do. It lifts them up. Like, as much as I'm saying honor your parents, you're kind of honoring the kid, but in turn you're honoring the parent, right? So yesterday um, I was having a conversation. It's actually with Tammy's husband. Um, he was my son's starter camp counselor. That is a wonderful ministry for people that are called to that, right? And it is not something that everybody's called to because little kids, how many of you, 
I'm assuming you all work with children, and that's why you're in here since this is a kids' ministry thing. Can I assume that, whether it's children or teens, right? For me, I love elementary age. The, like, preschooler age is a lot harder for me. (laughs) I love them dearly. I have a woman that helps me that is awesome with them. So let her be awesome with them, right? So I get it. That age is hard. But Tammy's husband, Josh, he told me, he's like, oh, I loved having him at starter camp. He was fantastic. Oh, my word. My heart was, like, out of my body. It was, like, way up in the sky somewhere. Like, it felt so good to hear that. Because, obviously, as a parent, while you love your children, you also, you know, you know, you know who they are. (laughs) My son is slow. Oh, he is so slow. So it's good, though, to hear the good things about your kids. So, yes, are there things that every kid can work on, every teen can work on, and stuff they struggle with, stuff you struggle with? A hundred percent. But parents love to hear what's going right, and they should hear that a whole lot at church. Because if their kid struggles, especially at school, can I tell you what they're hearing from their teachers? Not the good things. They're hearing a whole lot of well, you know, they really need to work on this and da-da-da-da-da and, like, it's all the negative stuff and it just, as a parent, kind of makes you feel defeated. Oh, but when you, you come to church, let me tell you all the good things about your kid. They're not going to stop coming. They're not going to stop coming. So honor your parents. Also listen to them. So give credit where credit is due, but listen to them. If your parents are saying things like, like, man, my my kids are really struggling in in listening, right? They just don't listen to me. Guys, I feel like I see it like from parents all the time on social media, right? Pay attention to those things. Guess what you can do? You can teach a lesson on listening and you are showing the parents like, hey, I've got your back. Like I'm here to support you and what you're doing as a parent, right? I'm here to support what's happening there. And if it's not happening there, I'm still going to support you by making sure they're hearing stuff that they should be hearing at home too, right? Because we all know that there are also those situations where the home isn't doing a whole lot. Well, that's where we step up to the plate. So listen to your parents. All right, we're going to move on to honor your kids. This is going to sound a whole lot like the honor your volunteers one. It's all the same points. Celebrate them, encourage them, lead them. Celebrate the kids. Kids love to hear when they're doing something really good, like and what gets, reward, what gets rewarded gets repeated, right? So if you're telling the kids in your room, you did so good today during worship, like you were just chasing after Jesus, that was so awesome. They love to hear that. Encourage them. Again, just like volunteers, right? Kids are going to fail. So one week you're telling them how awesome they were during worship, and the next week they're doing snow angels on the floor, because, you know, they're kids. And so encourage them. Hey, remember last week when you were really chasing after God? Wasn't that awesome? Let's try that again. And not do what you're doing now, right? Because it happens. So celebrate them and encourage them because they're going to go hand in hand sometimes within the same few minutes. Because they're human. They're little human beings. We do not get it right. We're adults. We've been around the block. We get it. We know what's expected of us, and we mess up all the time. How in the world can we expect students, regardless of kids or teens, to be better than what we're able to do? We can't. We can't expect that from them. So encourage them. Be there. Be ready to, like, come on, I'll stand here and worship with you. 
Let's do it together. There's times I've got a kid in our room that he just, during worship, and he wants to. Like, I can see it on his face. I'm not trying to be like, whatever. Sometimes I'll just go behind him, and I'll, like, take his hands, and I'll, like, do the motions, and then he'll start to giggle, and then he'll start doing it himself. Sometimes they just need a little push, right? Be that person. Be an an encourager to them, and also lead them. Do not wait until they become teenagers to let them start serving. And I I talked a little bit about that. Like, there are ways you can do that. Let them help take attendance. Let them help take offering. Work back at the computer. Guys, these kids are better on computers than we are. So to act like, oh, they're too young for that. No, they're not. They're probably going to teach you something, right? Let them serve in your rooms because then when they they do move on into youth or when they are in youth and they move on to being an adult, it'd be, it's part of who they are. They're like ready to serve then. Like, oh, well, I can serve at the computer in the adult service or I can serve in kids or I can serve wherever it may be because it's already been ingrained into them. So let them lead. They have a whole lot to offer. All right, now it's your turn. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to get in little groups, three, four, five, I don't care. You can... 10. Don't do that many. That's probably going to make it hard. Um, But just ask these questions. Is there an area you feel is a struggle or maybe just simply something that you have not thought of when it comes to honoring those around you? And what's one area that you can adjust or work on within the next month? Again, because we can all leave here and we can say, oh yeah, that was really good. You know, and then we forget about it and move on and keep doing what we've been doing the whole time because it's just easier that way. But we don't want easier. We want better, right? So what's an area that you can work on sometime within the next month? So if you just want to find one or two people around you and just kind of talk through these questions, we'll take five-ish minutes, okay? All righty, we move on. So I get it. Some of you are still talking, and I love that because obviously you have something to talk about, but I don't want us to run out of time either. We'll have more time at the end, so you can come back to these questions if you need to. We're going to move on to communication. Guys, without honor, communication can sound a little bit like nails on a chalkboard, right? Because when you have somebody just constantly like, do this, do that, do this, do that, but like you never feel valued, you never feel seen, you never feel, it can sometimes be like, can you stop telling me what to do? Like, that's all I'm here for is so you can like boss me around, tell me what to do, and kick me out the door when service is over, right? It's not why we choose to honor others. It's just kind of an added benefit that when we truly honor others, right, when we are able to say like, hey, you know, you're so great, and don't have be the only time you do it is when you also ask them for something. That's not where we're going with this, right? But when they know that you are somebody who does value them, who sees them, Then the next time that you do ask something, it's a whole lot more supportive from them, right? Because they know that you're on their side. Even if you're having to ask them to do something hard, they know that you've got their back, that you're there for them, that you're doing this thing together. Honor really, really helps when it comes to communication because it helps you gain influence with those people, right? So we're going to go through the exact same set. Start with communicate with your lead and staff. Make the time to meet even if you're the one putting it on the calendar, right? So 
your leads are busy. Their goal is not to make kids ministry or youth ministry the greatest thing in the world. That's why they have you. That's why they have you. So if you, <laughs> sorry, my pastors are back there. So <laughs> if they don't have time or it's not something that regularly happens, so like for us, we have a, what we call our large staff meeting once a month. We talk about all the things in that staff meeting. It's long, but really good. And we go out to lunch together and it's very like, it's great for relationships. Um, if you don't have that, make the time for it. Ask your pastor or whoever your lead is, hey, can we meet once a month? Just so we can stay on the same page, just so I can hear your heart, you can hear mine, we can keep that communication going, right? So for some of you, that might mean if you're a volunteer, that's your kid's pastor. Hey, I would just love to hear how I can serve you better. This isn't like a meeting where you're coming in with an agenda. All right, listen, this is what I need you to do for me. Again, remember, it's not about you. So being able to say, hey, how can I serve? How can I be a part of what's going on? What can happen? If that's not already happening because of something like a staff meeting and you feel it needs to happen, then make it happen. You have the ability to do that, right? So meet with the person even if you're the one putting it on the calendar. Second, keep up with the vision, right? That's your job, not theirs, they shouldn't have to keep reminding you what the vision is and that you need to be following that vision, making that vision a part of your ministry, making sure that those things are happening. It's your job to do that. And so if, again, if you're needing to meet with whoever your lead is so that you can keep that going, like, hey, just want to make sure that we're tracking, want to make sure that we're, we're going in the right direction. Um, obviously, the, the mission of your church or the vision of your church is not like changing every week. I hope it's not. If it is, that's a different class. Okay, so, <laughs> um, but it's good to have those conversations to make sure that you're, because it can be easy without even realizing it, all of a sudden you're kind of branching off and going this way, but making sure that you're all moving in the same direction. Also, ask your lead how they prefer communication. How do they prefer it? If they prefer email and you're like, oh, I hate email, start loving email, okay? If they're like, oh, text message is best for me, and you're like, oh, I, I'm really bad at checking my text messages, too bad. <laughs> Put it on, again, alarms going off all day long. Check your text messages, check your, like, whatever it may be, because, again, this is not about you, figure out whatever it is. Ask the question, how do, how would you prefer communication? How would you prefer that we stay in contact with one another if something arises and I need help with something or whatever? And then do what they said. And then always keep the other staff in the know, the other volunteers in the know. It is the worst thing when you've got stuff going on and somebody else has stuff going on and it affects your stuff, but they didn't tell you that it was going to affect your stuff, right? Like that's the worst because it throws wrenches. And while yes, and I know in a lot of kids ministries, like flexibility is a huge thing that you tell your volunteers all the time, right? Let's be flexible, which is true. But sometimes we're not always so flexible and we get a little feisty when somebody messes with our 
train of thought or our direction of where we're headed or put something in the closet wrong and it's not where it goes, right? Like we get, we can get feisty, even though we want everybody else to be flexible, we can get feisty, but keep the other people around you in the know. So if you, um, like I had mentioned earlier with our engaged party service that we do, um, if I don't make sure that our pastor who's over first impressions knows that, hey, our first through fifth graders are sitting with their parents today, they do not need checked in at kids' check-in, then he can't make sure that our kids' check-in people know, and now we've got a whole big problem because now there's kids going into a room where there's no one because all those volunteers are like, ooh, I get the day off, right? And it just creates this big, huge, it's like a domino effect of craziness, all because you didn't communicate. So just communicate. Again, maybe that happens in a big staff meeting. Maybe you have smaller staff meetings. Maybe it's just an email out with details of what's going to happen. Make sure that the people around you that you're working with know the details of what is going on. Next up, communicate with your volunteers. Um, I've heard people complain before, like, like kids pastors complain about how I shouldn't have to send a reminder to my team that's serving that Sunday. They get it in their email from whatever you use, Planning Center, Alvanto, whatever. Okay. Let's, again, remember, it's not about me. Guys, like, just, well, I'm going to get it tattooed on my forehead. Um, text reminders. If that helps your team show up, okay, I'll do it. You need two a week? Okay. I'll, like, man, if it means that you're there, who cares what I have to do? I mean, in within reason, obviously. Um, text a reminder. I send out a group text to my team each week. Hey, I can't wait to serve with you on Sunday. We're going to be talking about this. It's going to be so great. Please be praying. Whatever the reminders are, however you want to fill it out. And then I always make sure to put the time that they have to be there because that's the word that, like, that's the worst one. See you at 820 with a big exclamation point. Please be there at 820, right? Send a text reminder if that's what it takes. Also, in your reminders, Remind them of what your mission is as a church. Remind them of what those values that you have as leaders in your church are. I don't, they might get sick of hearing it. Good, because you know what? They're remembering it. And it's not that you need to go over all of it every single time you meet, because then that's a lot for everyone, right? But pick some things like our, we, we have lots of teams. That's how I like to run things. So I've got my week one team, my week two team. It's just what we do. Everybody does a little bit different, and that's awesome because it's what works for you, right? But ours, so I'll pick a core value, and we do it for the whole month so that I can make sure that everybody that serves on the different teams have all heard it, and then we'll move on to the next one the next month. Can I tell you something? By the time we got through all four the last time, I said something like, all right, who can tell me all the core values? Like, no one. No one. Like, they could tell me the one that we had just literally talked about five minutes ago, which in your head you're probably thinking, wow, your volunteers are. They're not. They're just, it's not their life. So remind them constantly, continually, every single time you have a meeting, if you have a training, if you're doing a pre-service meeting, if you're doing whatever it may be, throw it out there when you're doing like, hey, so-and-so did a great job on Sunday with this and whatever core value that would line up with. Put it 
in everything, on everything, with everything that you can because it builds the culture of who you are as a church. And the more people hear it and the more people see how they're already doing it, because most are, right? It helps them connect to that and make sure that they are moving forward in the culture that your pastor has set for the church. So remind them of it as much as possible. All right, still under volunteers, details and expectations. We all have expectations. We all have details of what needs to happen. Make sure that people know that. So the worst thing is for a leader to show up on Sunday morning and you're like, hey, I need you to teach this part of the lesson. They're like, wait, what now? Kind of how I felt this morning. I'm in what room? Um, they're going to feel blindsided, and that's not what we want people to feel when they're coming in to serve. You want them to feel confident in what they're doing. So however you need to set that up, right? And that is so, listen, that is so dependent on how you run your ministry. So I can't give you the answer of how to do that. Our volunteers have a pretty set, like, hey, you're going to be leading a small group, and you're going to be, like, you know, doing one other thing. And they know, like, they already know. So I don't even have to remind them because they already know. That's just how we do it. If yours switches, let them know what they're going to be doing before they walk into that room and not that morning before they walk in, like, sometime in the previous week. If they're going to be teaching something that they need more, more than, like, five minutes to look at, send it to them so that they can feel, you know, How many volunteers do we have in the room? How many, like, you're leading the ministry? It doesn't matter if you're a pastor, but you're the one, like, leading it, okay? So volunteers, can you help me out with this? Do you hate it when you walk into the room and you find out you're doing something you didn't know you were doing and it's going to take longer than five minutes? Like, people in the back are, like, looking at their lead. He's doing this right here. (laughs) It's the worst, right? We're flexible. We do it. We make it happen. And some of you volunteers might be like, listen, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm good. That's great. Good for you. Some of your volunteers do not feel that way. Know your volunteer enough to know who they are. Know your volunteers enough to know who can handle what and what they need to be able to handle what. Okay? Um, And then communicate thank yous. I know that was also kind of in our last one. But it's just such a big thing. Thank your volunteers for what they're doing. I know for me, could I run the room by myself? Yeah, it probably wouldn't be great, though. Like, I need my volunteers. So you volunteers in the room, thank you. If you have not heard it lately, let me be the one to tell you, thank you. Seriously. Like, from the bottom of my heart, I know I don't even know you, and that is okay. Thank you. Because what you continually do on Sundays or Wednesdays or whatever capacity you serve is such a blessing. It is such a blessing. Please don't give up. Don't give up on that. Even if you feel like you're not valued and you're not seen, just keep telling yourself, it's not about me building the kingdom. I'm not building castles. I'm going to just keep saying it to myself. I might be crying while I'm saying it, but I'm going to keep saying it to myself. Like, just Keep going and have a conversation. It's okay to have a conversation with your lead and be able to say, like, hey, these are just some things that I've noticed, and I'm not trying to come against you. I know you're busy. Um, Listen, I work 15 hours a week. I don't 
have the capacity that somebody who works 40 hours a week has. So understand that too. Look at who your kid's pastor is or your youth pastor or whatever situation you're sitting in this morning and understand that too. They're not, hopefully, doing it on purpose. They've just got a lot on their plate too. But sometimes they need a reminder. Hey, I know you value us. But sometimes it just seems like your head's down and you're just, the train is moving fast and we're having a hard time jumping on. Can you help us out? And I guarantee you their heart is going to be like, oh my goodness, I am so sorry. Yes, 100%. Let's figure out how to do this. So it's okay to have those conversations. I know they're not easy, but if there's a problem, have it. That's part of honoring the people ahead of you is to have those tough conversations in a lot of love. Did you hear that part? Lots and lots and lots of love. Bring cupcakes with you if that would help. Whatever it takes. And lots of love, right? But it's okay to have those hard conversations. All right, we're going to move on to communicate with your parents. Ask questions. Where do they need the most help? Right? How do they, so like, oh, COVID. That was tough, man. It was tough. And I saw all these other, like, kids pastors and youth pastors that are doing all these super awesome virtual things and, like, groups for this. And I set through this, like, kids ministry thing from the national office. Like, these are different things you can do to just help. And I'm, like, geared up and ready. And I'm so excited. And I start putting stuff out. Guys, it was bad. Like, I would set up Zoom calls and zero, zero people would show up. I would put stuff on, like, different activities. Let's do this. Let's have, like, I had, I don't even remember now because it, it stopped so fast. I had something on Monday, something on Wednesday, and something on Friday. It was like we had these different things. Some of it was just silly stuff like, hey, you know, build a fort with your kids, put pictures on. Like stuff that to me seemed easy, like hardly any response at all. When I say hardly, I mean like one, maybe. And a lot of times it was from our campus pastor's wife, who I think was just trying to help me out. She's like, maybe if I like comment with a picture, then other people will comment with a picture. It just didn't happen. And I felt so defeated, like I was doing something wrong. And so I decided I'm just going to ask these parents, like, clearly this isn't working. What will work for you? An overwhelming response it's not you, it's me. I'm just really bad at like the extra. You know, we get through the day and whatever. You're doing a great job. Thank you for it. We're sorry. We're sorry that we're so lame at this, which I like secretly, I was like, oh, I'm so glad you're admitting that you're so lame at this because I really thought it was just me. And so it was, it was super helpful for my self-esteem because I really, yeah. So have conversations. If what you're doing is not working, switch what you're doing. It's okay. And don't compare yourself, right? There are some amazing leaders across the state of Ohio. It doesn't mean that they need one that looks just like them on the other side of the state. God put you where you are with your capabilities, with the hours that you're able to put in, with the staff that you work with, with the volunteers you help. Like, everybody's story is different. Everybody's giftings are different. What you're able to bring to the table is different. We started doing a drive-through kids church. Parents were able just to stop and pick up a bag and move on with their life. That's what worked for us. Great. Figure out what works for the people that you're serving. Because again, it's not about me, right? So ask the questions. How can I do this better? How can I serve you better? 
whatever, whatever it may be. What are your kids going through? How, how can we do this together? Ask those questions. Also, resource them. In one way, shape, or form, resource your parents. If you don't know how, again, ask. Ask other people around you. How do you guys do this? How can we, you know, learn from the people around us and how to resource our parents, whether that is like we have a resource wall at our church. Can I tell you right now it's not going so well. We have not had anyone check out anything from this resource wall. So I put our one of our pastor's wives on the checkout sheet just because I thought, I don't know, maybe like someone just needs to see someone's name on the paper and it'll help. It hasn't. I don't know. So whether it's like a resource wall, we also like we have a, a parent group in Facebook that's just for the parents of our kids' ministries. And that's where I, I put a lot of the stuff, whether it's an article on parenting or just like helpful reminders or encouraging words, whatever it can be, just resource your parents in that way. Also, make sure that they have the information they need for events, for special services. As a parent, that is the worst to find out last minute. Um, my daughter had a project at school. She's in kindergarten. She's cute. She is not the brightest crane in the box. We love her so very much, <laughs> right? But she struggles a little bit remembering things. Well, she wasn't at school on a Friday when this project was handed out to all the other kids, and the teacher forgot to give it to her the next week. Then I get an email about like, just as a reminder to all the parents, hey, don't forget, the projects are due next Friday. And I'm like, how huh, what now? Like, what project is due? And I got, everybody else had two weeks. I've got one week to do this with my lovely, wonderful, sweet, very sassy, not brightest crane in the box child. Okay, we're going to get this done. But that's the worst when you feel that pressure of like, I didn't know this was happening and I don't know what to do. And now, right? So please don't do that to your parents. Resource them. Give them the information they need as much ahead of time as you can where it's not, like, ridiculous. Okay, don't give it to them six months ahead of time and then expect them to remember it because they're not going to. Okay, but give them the information they need. Special services, if there's something going on, the kids are helping with something in, help them know that. Make sure that they have that information. All right, let's move on to communicate with your kids. Kids love to know what's going on. They love to know what the plan is, right? So let them know. If things are weird that Sunday and, and you've got different things going on that's not the norm, tell them. For some of those kids that deal with some anxiety, that helps a lot. Because if things start looking real different than what they normally do, they're going to get all up in arms about it. They'll start correcting you. Uh, Pastor Kim, this is not what we do at this time. What are you doing? You forgot this. Oh, no, we're just switching the order, Okay. Help them out with that. It, it, I promise you, it will help you out with that. Okay, also, communication with kids. Please don't do the quick, hey, buddy, how's it going as you're just moving on to the next kid? Have conversations with them. Kids and teens matter. That's why you're here, because obviously you know they matter because you love them, right? Communicate with them. Have deeper, more intentional conversations with them. And then remember what you talked about so that the next time you see them, hey, how'd that test go? Hey, did you win your game last Friday? Have meaningful conversations. They need to know what that looks like, especially in this day and age when there's not a lot of conversations face-to-face -face happening. 
Last with that is communication goes both ways. Listen to your students. Listen to your students. They have stuff to say. Listen to what they have to say. All right, so we do not have time for more questions because we ran out of time. But the questions, we'll put them up there so that if you just want to think about them as you're moving on to your next class, you can. When it comes to communication, where are you the weakest and where are you the strongest? Because that's important to know. Where you, Pat yourself on the back for when you're doing something good, right? Like, don't just focus on what's the weakest, but that way you can work on those. And then what is one area that you can adjust or work on within the next three months? Communication's a little harder. Honor something you can do real quick. Communication, if it needs to change drastically, it takes some time, and that's okay. Give it the time it needs. Um, so just focus on those. Thanks for coming today, and we'll enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day. There's some really great classes happening. So thank you.